Shall we all be seated? just like to uh, give everyone a really warm welcome uh, to this funeral service uh, for Faye Kennedy. Um, just to give a few uh, notices to start with, uh, the family would love to uh, know um, after uh, today exactly who was here. Um, and you'll notice there are a couple of notebooks in the two porches of the church. And if you haven't yet written your name, in those, please, could you, uh, before you leave uh, today. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And also, after uh, this service, there is a tea um, afterwards, and uh, the family would like me to tell you that everyone is welcome to that. Um, the family will leave with the coffin uh, after during the final hymn, uh, then David... Uh, deacon at the church here will give thanks for the food uh, after the final hymn and as I say everyone is welcome to stay for that let's open our time in prayer let's pray Lord God uh, it is good for us uh, this afternoon to be reminded that life is a gift from you uh, it belongs to you and you give and you take it away when you think best. And so, Lord, we do thank you uh, for the life that you have given to Faye. And we pray that you would use this time now to comfort those of us who remain, but also teach us uh, so that we too may be able to face death with the same confidence and hope that Faye did. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You will all have a service sheet, and we're going to stand to sing now our first hymn. And our first hymn is Safe in the Arms of Jesus, Safe on His Gentle Breast, There by His Love O'Shaded, Sweetly My Soul Shall Rest. So we'll stand to sing Safe in the Arms of Jesus.
Can I just, uh, please maybe be seated. I'm going to turn uh, to the Word of God now, and we're going to read from the book of Psalms and Psalm 23. Very famous psalm, but lovely words. So let's read Psalm 23, which is a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In a moment, James Mansfield, who was a pastor at the chapel here for many of the years Uh, While Faye was a member, we'll be giving a tribute. Um, But before we hear that, we're going to turn to God in prayer again. So let's pray. Lord God, uh, we thank you so much for the words uh, of this psalm that that teach us uh, that you are a shepherd to all who trust in you. Uh, We thank you that Faye was among them that she was one of your sheep. Uh, Not because of anything good that she accomplished, but because she humbly accepted your invitation. Uh, We thank you that she is now safely home in pastures new. But Father, we pray for those who are left behind. Uh, Please comfort those who are grieving this great loss. Uh, We pray especially for Terry and for Terence and for Sue and for all her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Please prove how willing you are to hear the the prayer of those who cry out to you sincerely and out of a uh, tender heart. But Father, even while we grieve, uh, we do thank you. Uh, We thank you for enabling us to gather here today so that we can celebrate (coughs) Faye's life. And we thank you for the years that you gave to her and her faithfulness throughout them. Uh, We thank you for the joy she gave to many and the faithfulness she showed in this chapel and especially the love that she had for Terry. Uh, We thank you that you did not forsake Faye in life or in death. Uh, We thank you that her pain and suffering is now over forever. We thank you that her sin was completely forgiven. Father, we thank you most of all for the Lord Jesus Christ, who made all these things possible. And so we pray in his name and not our own. So in Jesus' name, amen. So as I say, now James is going to come and give a tribute. tributes really on behalf of the family uh, and also a few recollections of my own. 
Uh, Faye was born to Vida and Albert uh, Maplethorpe at the tail end of the war on the 14th of February 1945. I guess it's a date to be remembered of uh, St. Valentine's Day. I understand she was first brought to this chapel by her grandmother at the age of four and indeed has continued ever since. Big Van Terry have been most regular in their attendance here, particularly uh, we miss them not only on a Sunday but uh, at the prayer meeting. Only perhaps sickness or holiday would prevent Faye and Terry being here at that meeting. It was here that Faye and Terry were married in August 1962, having been courting for two years. 62 years together is a long time. Of that marriage was born Terence and Susan, five grandchildren, four great-grandchildren. I understand Faye worked in Barron's, a haberdashery shop in Sleaford uh, for a couple of years. And then she worked with Terry on the land. Indeed, if I needed to know anything about farming, gardening, wildlife, I'd ask Terry and Faye. I think Faye knew as much as Terry. I think Faye has plucked a good few pheasants and chickens for us uh, in her time and given us various pieces of meat some of which we could identify and some were a little unidentifiable. But I remember one occasion we were fairly sure it looked much like a tortoise, uh, but we don't think Terry went round shooting those. But nevertheless, uh, we had good fellowship with them. Faye and Terry came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour under the ministry of Pastor Lewin, and they were baptised here in this very spot in February 1968. Faye was a Sunday school teacher for some years, teaching the young ones the things of Christ. Terry tells me he couldn't have had a better wife. She was his friend, carer, confident. Faye's family were her life. She was very prudent in household affairs and finances, careful but far from mean, generous to any who had a need, hospitable. In fact, it was very difficult to get out of their house without having a cup of coffee and a dip into the biscuit barrel. Faye was a humble person. She had no airs or graces. She was happy to put others first. In the 30 years I've known her, as I say, we've drunk numerous cups of coffee together. We've prayed together. We've laughed together and indeed cried together. So far as I know... Terry can correct me later if I've got this wrong. Faye wasn't particularly wealthy. But knowing Jesus Christ meant that she knew the riches of his grace. And as such, she was one of the richest people in the village. These last few months have been very difficult for Terry and Faye. But as Richard has already indicated, Faye is now free from pain and sorrow. She is forever with the Lord. Not because of her humility, not because of her hospitality, not because of anything she did, but because she came to know Jesus Christ as a saviour. Because as we sung in that hymn, Jesus died for her. Sue has asked me to read a, a piece of poetry, some of you may know it, by Ron Tranmer, entitled The Broken Chain. It reads as follows. We little knew that day that God was going to call your name. In life we loved you dearly, in death we do the same. It broke our hearts to lose you, 
You did not go alone, for part of us went with you the day God called you home. You left us beautiful memories. Your love is still our guide, and although we cannot see you, you're always at our side. Our family chain is broken, and nothing seems the same, but as God calls us one by one, the chain will link again. And those final words of that poem highlight an important issue, don't they? It was an important issue for Faye, and it was in her mind for the rest of her family, and indeed for all of us, as to whether that chain will link again. That last line says, but as God calls us one by one, the chain will link again. And that challenge is that that link will only, or that chain will only link again if you come to know the same Saviour as faded. And I pray the Lord may enable you to know him as faded. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. And with those thoughts in our minds, we're going to sing our second hymn. You can see it in your service sheets. With harps and with vials, there stand a great throng in the presence of Jesus and sing this new song unto him who hath loved us and washed us from sin. Unto him be the glory forever. Amen. So let's stand to sing with harps and with vials.
Please be seated. Let's just like to read uh, another passage uh, from Scripture and share a few thoughts on it. I'd like to read from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians and chapter 4 and verses 8 to 18. So it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 to 18. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what it is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In these verses, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Christians who lived the best part of 2,000 years ago. Uh, but he's describing the experience uh, of all Christians in this world and throughout history. Now, a Christian uh, is someone who has been saved. Uh, That is, saved on the inside. Uh, They've had their sin forgiven. Uh, We're all sinners to a greater or lesser extent. We all do things which we know we should not do. And we all need forgiveness. And a Christian is someone who has received that forgiveness from Christ. Faye was such a person. But although she was saved on the inside, uh, her soul was forgiven. She had a home (laughs) secured for her by Christ in heaven. In many ways, she wasn't saved on the outside. Uh, Those of us uh, who knew her towards the end of her life, know how much she struggled uh, with pain, uh, with sickness, with disease. Uh, Towards the end of her life, her outer woman, as Paul describes it, uh, her body was indeed perishing. Despite this, uh, it was incredibly difficult uh, to let her, let you do anything for her. I don't know if you had this experience. I know that I 
uh, would often offer to do things, but it was Faye who would want to get me a cup of tea, uh, get me a biscuit. Uh, over COVID, um, Faye reluctantly assented for me to um, go and purchase food in the supermarket, uh, but I've never had uh, such a uh, precisely written shopping list. Uh, some people just write down the nearest uh, thing to what they mean, but Faye had it all laid out uh, in order of where the shelves were in the supermarket. Uh, she didn't want me having to do any more than was strictly necessary. And that's one of my abiding memories of Faye, um, her reluctance to have anyone have to do things for her, and yet her willingness to serve others as she could. And I've been many times amazed uh, at how Faye managed to keep going despite the obstacles that were in her path, uh, despite the great health difficulties that she had. Faye was a believer in Christ. Uh, Her hope was not ultimately in this world. Uh, Her outer person was in many ways wasting away. But she trusted in Christ in spite of that. Now, that doesn't mean she merely believed that Christ existed. Any historian worth their salt will tell you that, that Jesus Christ existed. No, I mean that faith's hope was in Jesus Christ. He was her only hope. Faye was a follower of Jesus Christ. But did you notice how Paul, in the verses we just read, how he describes the affliction that even Christians must go through in this life? Disease, disaster, uh, infirmity. Did you notice how he describes it? Uh, He describes it in verse 17 as our light affliction. He says the sufferings that a believer goes through is only light. But no one uh, who saw Faye's pain would describe it as light. Uh, It was far from it. So how can Paul say it was? In what way was Faye's suffering light? Well, there are three reasons, and there's probably more, but there are at least three reasons in this passage why Paul could say that Faye's suffering and the suffering of anyone who is a follower of Christ is light. And the first reason is because it is temporary. Faye's suffering was temporary. Now, the person who trusts in Christ, who hopes in Christ, who follows Christ, their sufferings, however great they might be, will always come to an end one day. None of their suffering is forever. Now, believing in Christ doesn't mean all your problems disappear. Uh, in many ways, it creates a whole load of new problems. And we know it did for Faye in her life. But those problems were temporary. They would not last forever. And now, Faye's suffering is over. And it's over forever. Uh, That's what the psalm said that we read towards the beginning. The last line, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now, Faye has been put into a box, her body. But she is with Christ for all eternity. And all the joys that she experienced in this life, the joys of family, of friends, of um, all the pleasures that do exist in this world, uh, they were just like, if, if you like, the first course. Or even, not even the first course, they were like the smell of a delicious meal being prepared. And now, Faye is enjoying that meal in fullness. Now, it reminds me of the words uh, at the end of the last of the uh, Narnia books. I don't know if you ever read Narnia, C.S. Lewis's famous stories. Uh, but at the end of the last book of that series of books, uh, and I hope this isn't a spoiler, but the main characters essentially die, and they end up in heaven. And this is how C.S. Lewis describes it at the end of the book. He says, The things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. We can most truly say that they, li- they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. That is what Faye is enjoying now. Her suffering has come to an end, and she's enjoying the life where every chapter is better than the one before. So that's the first reason Paul says that the suffering of a Christian is light, because it only lasts for a short time. It is not forever. It is temporary. But let's move on to the second reason why a believer's suffering is light, why Faye's suffering was light. The second reason is because her suffering was meaningful. Um, You know, it's interesting, um, but what makes pain so difficult and what makes suffering so difficult isn't actually so much the pain itself necessarily. What makes pain so difficult is when it seems pointless, when there seems no reason behind it. Uh, As human beings, we can endure great suffering if we think it has a purpose. Uh, Just look at a woman who gives birth. Uh, Look at an athlete training for the Olympics. Uh, They can endure great pain because they can see the goal. They can see the purpose. On the flip side, there are many people in this world who experience comfort and joy and riches and wealth, and yet they're miserable. They're miserable despite these things which so many people desire. And often it's because they realize that it's all meaningless in the end. Uh, The Bible says we're like flowers of the field. We bloom, but then we fade away. Um, The differences between the bones of a king and of a peasant is there is no difference. They're exactly the same. And that could make you quite depressed. to think that all the things we so long in this world are really ultimately meaningless. Faye didn't have much in this world. 
She wasn't a queen or a princess in the human sense of the word. But she had something which money cannot buy. She had the assurance that she had a home in heaven. Did you notice how Paul describes our life or her life in verse 17? He says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And no matter what a Christian experiences in this life, it's working for us to a much greater glory in heaven. Not one we've earned, but one which is given to us by God. Um, God sees the pain his children go through. Uh, He sees the struggling of his sheep. But no child of God suffers on this earth who will not receive more than enough recompense in heaven. Uh, Faye will not be thinking of the pain that she suffered on earth. She won't even be thinking of the pleasures she enjoyed on earth because heaven more than makes up for all of it. So that's the second reason why the affliction of Faye, of a believer, is light because it's meaningful. Let's go to the third and last reason that affliction is light for the person who follows Christ. The third reason is because it is not endured alone. It is not endured alone. Let me read verses 8 onwards again. Paul says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Jesus walks with his people, especially when they go through suffering. Uh, Jesus said he was the good shepherd. Uh, He cares for his sheep. When they stumble, he sees it. When they hurt, he is aware of it. And he is compassionate towards them. It doesn't mean that he prevents all suffering, but it means that he continues with them throughout all their difficulties, having dealt with their biggest problem, our sin. Now, that's why Jesus came, as James has already mentioned. Uh, Jesus came to pay the punishment that Faye and that we all deserve. Jesus paid the debt that Faye couldn't pay herself. He paid the price that he didn't owe himself. And having saved Faye, having forgiven Faye, having given her a home in heaven, he promised to be with her in life and through death. Again, as we read in Psalm 23, though I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Faye was not alone to death and not alone after death either. It reminds me, in fact, of a story uh, of John Payton. You may not have heard of John Payton, uh, but he was a missionary who went to the area now known as Indonesia. Uh, in the 19th century. And he went through many sufferings in his life as he sought to share the gospel with the tribespeople on these islands. 
And on one occasion, uh, these tribes people were trying to kill him, and they were chasing him. And if they caught him, more than likely his life would be over. Uh, but a friendly um, member of the tribe encouraged him to climb up a tree to flee from those who wanted to take his life. And later on, uh, John Payton wrote of his, of his experience up that tree. He wrote this. He said, I climbed into the tree and was left there alone in the bush. The hours I spent there live all before me as if it were but of yesterday. I heard the frequent discharging of muskets and the yells of the tribespeople. Yet I sat there among the branches as safe as in the arms of Jesus. Never in all my sorrows did my Lord draw nearer to me and speak more soothingly in my soul than when the moonlight flickered among those chestnut leaves and the night air played on my throbbing brow as I told all my heart to Jesus. Alone, yet not alone. If it be to glorify my God, I will not grudge to spend many nights alone in such a tree, to feel again my Saviour's spiritual presence, to enjoy his consoling fellowship. If thus, thrown back upon your own soul, alone, all alone in the midnight, in the bush, in the very embrace of death itself, have you a friend that will not fail you then? And I'll leave that question with you also. Uh, it's a question that I know Faye would want me to leave with you. Do you have a friend like Jesus? Uh, funerals remind us, whether we like it or not, that death is coming to us all. Uh, it's a thought we push to the back of our minds, but funerals do not allow us to. Do you have a friend who will be with you until death and through death and beyond? Do you have the shepherd? that Christ, that faith had. Uh, when I saw faith the last time in the hospital, uh, I asked her uh, what passage of scripture she would like me to read, which psalm. And she chose the psalm we read, Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord truly was her shepherd. And he can be your shepherd too, if you only accept him as Faye did as well. In a moment, uh, we'll close with a prayer and we'll sing our closing hymn and the coffin will leave during the hymn with the family as well. Uh, but let's close our service with a prayer. Father God, we thank you that you were and are Faye's shepherd that you promised to be with her in life, and now she is with you forever in death. And that this is not the end. One day, if Christ is our shepherd also, we will see Faye once again. We will lay her into the ground, but she will rise. As Jesus died and rose again, so Faye has died, but will rise again. And we pray, Father, that everyone gathered here this afternoon would enjoy that same 
resurrection. That each and every one of us here would also know what it is for the Lord to be our shepherd. That we might have the great joy of seeing him and seeing Faye again. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll stand now to sing our final hymn. And as I say, the coffin will depart during this hymn and the family also to the burial. Uh, But I'll remind you again, there is a tea after this service, which David will give thanks for after the hymn has finished and everyone is welcome to stay. But please do write your name on the notebooks in the porches if you need to leave. But let's stand to sing our closing hymn, God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide, uphold you. With his sheep, securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again.